Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, this is your boy Christian. And, uh, of course, today we'll be talking about the Houston Dynamo. So, welcome. Uh, thank you once again for joining me. I was going to say us, but it's, on, it's only me. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about a uh, little bit about, you know, what happened on Sunday against Austin. We're going to talk about a uh, little bit about coaching, uh, like coaches. We're going to talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of all the things that basically are happening in the world of the Houston Dynamo. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's just go ahead and. Let me just tell you about social media. You can always find us on Instagram or Twitter under Cuatro Cuatro Dos or Cuatro Dos, respectively. Or you can also find me, Chris Putalias, on the same two. And, uh, you know, YouTube channel and all that good stuff uh, <clears throat> that we do here. Um, but, yeah, man, let's just go ahead and start talking about a couple things here. So, I think what everybody has been talking about or tripping about was the fact that you know we were going in into into Austin and according to what Tab Ramos was saying you know in the previous interviews and stuff like that was the fact that he was going to play kids that he you know he was going to give uh, chances and a little bit of more time to people that maybe haven't played as much um and one of them being well not one of them being but you know a lot of people were talking about you know the younger kids uh as of like I don't know, uh, you know, all the things that, all the kids that everybody basically is talking about, like basically uh Salvadorian kid that I'm blanking on right now, like I always do, that, you know, that he has been getting some uh, El Salvador caps with only 17 or 18 year old, 18 years old on him, and then, you know, like kids like Hoffman who actually got to play, and then maybe uh, Castilla or, you know, a bunch of... You know, a couple of the other kids like Nico Lemoyne, but he's probably injured and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, those are the kids that I guess we were expecting to see uh, at least a little bit more of. And, of course, we didn't. We didn't get to see any of them. The only ones or the only changes that we we got to see was Junqua as a center back, which, you know, whenever, you know, we saw the the lineup. First of all, you know, Marco Marriage coming back after... Uh, Michael Nelson has done a great, a great, great job, you know, in under the three posts, and you know, uh, Ramos has you know mentioned the fact that you know he was gonna bring back Marco Marriage, and you know Marco Marriage is not terrible per se. He has done some dumb mistakes, which Michael Nelson hasn't yet, uh, and uh, I mean I hope he doesn't, but you know. It's kind of, they're both very, very equal when it comes to, you know, uh, like having great stops and, you know, having those those plays that, you know, can be game-saving type thing. Also, by the way, I'm watching the Barcelona, or the last 30 minutes of the Barcelona, Rasho, uh, 
something, Vallecato or something like that. Vallen, it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not Vallenato, Vallecano. And uh, yeah, Real Madrid, not Real Madrid. Barcelona is losing one zero. So, I yikes! You know, Barcelona and Manchester United right now aren't looking too hot. But you know, that's a whole different conversation right there. But yeah, like I was saying, you know, Marco Marich, Michael Nelson. It's like one of those great questions that everybody has. You know, some people are going with Marco Marich, some people are going with Michael Nelson. Some people, you know, don't want either of them and think we should maybe get something else uh, out there. Um, if it was up to me right now at this point in time, you know, in life, I guess, I would go probably Michael Nelson just because, you know, he is a pretty good goalie. He has shown that he has quality to be a starting goalie. You know, he, he hasn't had any big, you know, giant mistakes per se. And... You know, he his uh, salary isn't as much, so you can always spend that money somewhere else. Which, you know, on the other hand, you have Marco Marich, whose salary is a little bit more than, you know, uh, Nelson. And also, he takes up a international uh, spot on the roster who could, you know, be used for maybe, uh, you know, like everybody else does. Uh, like a midfielder or forward or somebody that, you know, is going to give you a little bit more of an edge, you know, if you're going to bring somebody from from outside and give them a good contract and and use one of the few international roster spots that every team has, why not make it a, a player that is going to be, you know, game-changing or, you know, just make a difference on your team? I'm not saying Marco Marich or a goalkeeper is not going to be game-changing, but I don't think everybody's first option to an international player will go to a goalkeeper, so... I think we might be the only team in the MLS that uses, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, my Jordan was thinking with all these moves, but, you know, that's one of the reasons he is gone now, right? So, you know, shout out to uh, Michael, uh, not Michael, to Matt Jordan. Um, another person that a lot of people have been tripping about, well, first of all, you know, Junqua, as a center back, I don't think he was the best option considering the fact that you have a uh, Alejandro Fuenmayor who you are saying, you know, and, and by you I mean, you know, Tab Ramos, that you are saying that you are going to give more time to, yet you still get Sam Junqua who he didn't do a terrible job per se, but, you know, he's more, to me, he's more of an outside back, you know. You have you have him, you have uh Formasor, you have you have Bonio Garcia who you started in the beginning of the season as a center back, you know. I don't know, I think the the options there on that spot, maybe, you know, I would have put somebody else other than Junqua. But you know, that's just me. Maybe he you could have gone with that, you know, uh roll of five uh, five in the back, as you've been doing the past two games, you know, against LAFC or sorry, LA Galaxy, and uh, in Seattle, and you know, maybe roll out, you know, um, have uh, what's his name, uh, Adam 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 Lundquist, as one of your last three, you know, have Zarek, Adam, and uh, Tim Parker, you know, as your three in the back, and then you know have. Uh, Junqua, you know, very wide, and then have um, what's his face, uh, Griffin Dorsey on the right side. I don't know. Maybe you could roll out with that, 
you know, or you could have just put for my sword, you know, and give them some minutes, you know, since you're talking about giving people minutes. Another questionable, uh, you know, starting eleven spot thing that a lot of people were questioning, uh, you know, you know, especially being in the stands, you know, with all the fans and stuff. When we saw Sedan, we were like, oh my god, Sedan. Sedan hasn't been too great, honestly. In the past few games, he's just been kind of like under the radar, which is not is not good. And I think having Sedan next to Vera brings the level of Vera down as well. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I think Vera plays better when like Carrasquilla or when somebody else is right next to him. I don't know. I feel that, or like when Joe Corona... Or when, um, what's his face? Um, Derek Jones. I think whenever they're next to him, I think his level goes a little bit up. But I feel like when Seren is there, I feel like he has to cover Seren's back a little bit more. Because, you know, you never know what you're going to give Seren. Seren got a yellow card, like, in the first five minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, right off the bat, you know, he he's already conditioned for the for the rest of the game. He can't go hard. He can't. You know, make silly mistakes later on because you know you're already dancing on the line where you are going to be thrown off, like you got thrown off in the first game for making another silly mistake, which is throwing you know an elbow when you already had won the ball. You know, it was just one of those things that we were like, ah, oh, damn, here it comes Sedan, and that's probably one of the reasons why I wouldn't mind if Sedan, you know, would let him walk. Uh, so. And talking about letting people walk, I did do a some people somebody was asking about doing an episode of who I would keep, who I would let go. In episode seventy two, I think it's a couple you know, a couple back. If you go to that one, episode seventy two, I went through the whole list of all the people that are getting their contract uh and that their contract is ending this year. And I think it's like a total of like seventeen people. 17, 18 people, and I went, you know, kind of one by one, kind of breaking down who I would keep and why and, and stuff like that. So if you want to listen to that specific list, I know somebody was asking for it on Twitter, go ahead and, you know, go to uh, episode 72. And I also believe that uh, Finister from the Houston Dynapod also did uh, the same thing, I think, episode 71 or 72 as well. So it's pretty good, pretty awesome that we kind of did it, you know, very close there. But you can check those out. And I think he kept some players that I didn't, or like he let go of players that I would have kept. But you know that's the that's the beauty of uh, being, you know, fans and having opinions. You know, people like certain players and people don't. So um, that's a cool thing. So if you want to go check those out, check those out as well. Um, so Sedan, you know, being in the starting eleven, I don't think you know Ty Ramos is talking about people earning their spot on the field. Maybe he has worked hard during the week, but honestly, it does not translate very well on the field and it doesn't translate very well to the fans i know that i mean i don't know how much tab ramos actually listens to the fans um when it comes to making decisions on the field but it seems like he doesn't which you know it's understandable you do whatever you want you know as your job you know there's you don't have to listen to the fans but i think at one point in time it's like I don't know. It, it's kind of weird that all the fans are like, uh, why Sedan? And you are the only one that keeps putting Sedan in. I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong, you know, as a coach, but, and obviously we are not coaches professionally, but, you know, it's kind of weird that everybody kind of agrees and you kind of go against the grain of what everybody's agreeing. Maybe we see the game differently, you know, from the stands, but who knows? 
And then um, Cedric Valentin had a shitty game. You know, he only played 45 minutes, and he was basically the reason why we got scored on twice. So the first, uh, the first, oh, Barcelona just got a penalty, opportunity to tie the game. But the first, uh, obviously the penalty, it was his foul. Um, I honestly I saw the play, but I didn't look at it. I was I was gonna actually watch him a few a couple more times to actually you know kind of break it down a little bit just to get my head around it to make sure that, you know if it was necessary for him to commit the foul or not. But you know it was a silly foul, you know, heading into the box, and then you know we got unlucky there with with the with the penalty, you know, hitting but one post and then hitting the other one and then hitting Marco Marich on the back, so. You know, unlucky there. But then when you look at the second goal, uh, Cedric Valentin gives a terrible pass. And then honestly, Tim Parker hasn't been having a heck of a season either. Like, he has a couple of good games. But this game, you know, in the past few games, he's just been absent. And it's just, you know, for being one of the highest paid center back in the league, I don't think he is proving his worth. I'm not saying, you know, we should take care, you know, get rid of him or whatever. I think he still has a lot of potential and I think he could show a lot more. But I think he still needs to like step up a little bit more. I don't know, maybe because of uh teenage wasn't there, maybe you know they kind of feed off each other or whatever. But I don't think he's been doing too great. And Barcelona just missed the penalty by the way. So, there's that. <laughs> Somebody's going to get fired most likely. Uh, if it's not the Manchester United uh, guy, it's probably going to be this one. But that sucks. But yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Carrasquilla. So Hoffman, you know, came in the second half for Sarek, which I think Hoffman has been doing a heck of a job for being, you know, such a young kid, unexperienced kid, you know, coming in into this first team. I think he's been doing pretty good. So, you know, I would like to see, the, you know, a lot more of the kid. And I think it was a good pickup by, um, or a good. Uh, yeah, pick up by Tab Ramos basically getting him over here and, and hopefully making him one of the rising stars, you know, in the upcoming future. Another questionable uh, thing that we saw was the Lasseter coming in for Fafa. I think everybody just kind of said, what? You know, a, co- a collective like WTF, you know? And, and Lasseter just kind of like, I don't know, he's Lasseter. If you can tell me something good that Lasseter has done other than the scoring two goals on his first game as a Houston Dynamo, um, you know, I'm, I'll sit here and wait, you know? Like, he has, I don't think he has done anything at all uh, other than those two goals. And those two goals basically came, you know, from, from Ellie's kind of like setting those two goals in for him. But, you know, I don't know. Lasseter, he's just not convincing, you know? He's just, he doesn't convince me at all. So... I, those are one, those are one of the players that I would let go, and just you know be like you know thank you for your service you know we'll see you uh, next time, and uh, and you know we'll see you around basically type of thing. But um, and I think there there were so many different options. I mean I don't even know who was on on the bench, but I would have put anybody else other than than uh, Lasseter. So I'm not gonna sit here and, and kind of go through the list right now, but I think I would have kept Fafa, you know, for another 45 minutes. Fafa, you know, being our top goal scorer, being a player that fights every single minute, you know, I would have just kept him, and I think he would have done. Even though, you know, we gotta give credit where credit is due. You know, the lot of, the Houston Dynamo goal came from a cross by Lasseter, 
a terrible cross by Lasseter, but I guess it was a cross by Lasseter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the dude, you know, he's quick and everything like that. But I just, I don't know. He doesn't convince me. You know, maybe if he does happen to stay for another year, I think he's gonna have to work, work very, very hard to like prove to to the fans, you know, that he deserves to be here. Like he deserves to be, you know, have a spot. He he needs to start fighting for his spot. And I just think that he has to like you know prove himself a little bit more because honestly he hasn't been doing much so you know if he's listening to this you know Ari we need you to you know I don't know do something bro like a little you're just like right there you know you're not doing anything of of anything basically and you know it is what it is it's it's just the truth you know and I think you would agree so it is what it is uh Carrasquilla coming in you know in the second half for Serena I think it was a really good idea but he should have probably been in sooner Carrasquilla you know had a lot more chances or created a lot more in the you know in the time that he was in than Serena probably did in the whole you know tournament I don't I mean I might be wrong but I think Carrasquilla you know even if he's a player that only has 60 minutes on him I would have put him in in the first 60 minutes and not in the last 60 minutes you know and then Pasha, you know, coming out of a of an injury, you know, he just he he did a couple things, but you know, I think we still um, we're still kind of enamored with him and the idea of everything that he could bring. It sucks that he had to, you know, that he was injured so quick. But I think you know, this whole off season, he if he can get refreshed and then just kind of get him back into the starting eleven once again, I think we'll we'll have a great Pasha, you know, in in the future. So. But, you know, being all that said, uh, obviously the Houston Dynamo right now are not in no way, shape, or form in competing for these Copa Tejas. I would want to say that I don't care about it, but I take, you know, I do. I want to be the best team in Texas. Uh, and if there was a way that could, you know, that could, Dallas and Austin could lose, you know, at the same time, I would pick that more than anything. And honestly, I, I've been kind of like, for you know, thinking about this idea of which team I hate more the most you know I think the hate for Dallas you know the the strong strong I, I don't I don't want to say hate but the very very strong dislike for Dallas uh you know it's, it's been years you know from like hating on the Mavericks hating on on you know Dallas FC hating on whatever and honestly I don't even think Dallas counts as a Texas team I think we should just consider them Southern Oklahoma and I think you know, that would probably make it easier for me to hate Austin a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Austin just doesn't, it doesn't give me good vibes. You know, I just, everything seems fake. I don't know. I, you know, respect for everything that they're doing and, you know, whatever they're building culturally or whatever it is, you know. It's cool to see, you know, the stands full of people cheering, da, da, da. But, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm still not convinced that you know they're like soccer fans. You know, they're just like I'm talking to the microphone. You know, um, I don't know. Austin just eh, they kind of rug me the wrong way, and then I got into a little argument on 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 Twitter with an Austin supporter. You know, and uh, well, it wasn't you know not a big deal, but you know I I always I I hate the fact that they use megaphones to uh to like chant and stuff like that. I don't know. It doesn't seem genuine if that's the word. Um I don't know. I think like you you know, you're supposed to yell, you're supposed to scream, you know, saying da da da. Stop, you know, using 
extras to to like yell you know to like to like cheer you know you already have a shitload of people use the shitload of people to to you know build your voice you know there's no need for you to use you know extra you know a voice a voice enhancers or whatever but you know that that is what it is i think i think uh it's gonna be a good derby in the next coming years uh, especially with all the off-field stuff that happens, you know, every time they come here and every time we go over there. And that's a whole other issue that, you know, I do have an opinion on it. And it's probably not the same opinion that a lot of people have on it. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, there, there's, there's like different cultures going on. You know, there's like a, like a ultras culture, you know, where, you know, you defend your colors and stuff like that. And then, you know, there's like a, the family friendly, you know, um, you know, culture where, you know, you just go and cheer and have fun and stuff like that. But I think those two are kind of colliding. And, but yeah, like, you know, there's a, I, I, there's a lot more to say about that. Obviously, I do not, you know, I'm not a fighter. So, like, I've never been in a fight in my life. So, obviously, you're not going to see me there, you know, anywhere boxing any, anybody, you know. But, you know, but I do understand, you know, where both of these, you know, both of these points are coming from. So, I respect both of them. I respect, you know, the the just the supporter culture that they're building, and I and I, you know, and I completely understand the supporter culture that other supporter groups are building. You know, not every supporter co- supporter group is the same, and I completely understand that. You know, coming from from a country where you know, I saw, you know, like I was telling a guy the other day, you know, like in some countries they don't have gangs, but they have like soccer teams, and you know those are the gangs and and maybe you know it's probably not the best way to put it but you know it's just the way that culturally it has been set you know but it is what it is if you want more thoughts of that you know i i can give you my thoughts somewhere else but i'm not gonna sit here and talk about all that but you know another question that a lot of people have been talking about and something that i'm probably gonna close on right here right now well before we talk about that for talk about coaching stuff um when you know the the whole issue of tab in or tab out type thing when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply I want to, you know, give a shout out to Chris Kennedy and everybody that is involved in this, you know, bringing the World Cup to the Houston, to Houston 2026, you know. I think they have been doing a great, a heck of a job, you know, yesterday watching all those videos of all these people walking, you know, different facilities, went to Rice University, went to U of H, went to NRG, went to uh, Aviva Stadium uh, where the Sabercats play. You know, going to the, all the sports park, the you know over there by uh, six ten and two eighty eight or whatever it is, and you know just going to all these different places and kind of showing them around, and then going to you know Discovery Green and and a bunch of stuff like that. I think it was a really good you know showing presentation, and I heard you know some of the FIFA officials you know saying how much they liked the presentation, how much. You know, they enjoyed, you know, everything that they kind of put on. So it, it kind of makes me proud, you know, as a Houstonian 
to know that there was a, a team of people that are dedicated, you know, to bring a work up to, to Houston. So, you know, shout out to them. And, you know, hopefully whenever that comes around, we can put on a huge party, you know, for for, you know, everybody that's going to come visit, you know, Houston for the World Cup. So it is what it is. Uh, so shout out to them. So, you know, shout out, shout out. Uh, another thing, so let's talk about uh, this whole tab in, tab out type thing. Um, a lot of you have been talking about, you know, tab out, and it's completely understandable. You know, he makes questionable decisions, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, you know, this whole, you know, having players that don't seem to do good, and, you know, having players that are, you know, maybe as fans, we don't consider, consider them doing too good on the field you know they're not doing a great job out there and they're still getting more playing time than others and you know maybe with these two games you know it was a derby so i completely understand that having maybe the young young kids you know the unexperienced kids in there even though we did have hoffman you know which makes no sense but i do want to like it makes sense that that he's there because he, you know he's he's been showing that he's a good player, but you know, it makes no sense that you know he's inexperienced and putting him in, in a derby. But you know they both kind of cancel out, you know, considering the fact that he's been doing really good. But the fact that you know Tab is going to sit there and say you know he's going to give opportunity to young players, and then you know have Junqua as a center back when he has like three other options that he could have put as center back. And like I said, you know Junqua did a. a pretty good job a decent job but you know i think it could have been better um but a lot of people you know have been talking about tab out tab in you know stuff like that and a lot of of you are fixated you know especially after you know losing and stuff like that of getting rid of tab rivals but something that i kind of want i kind of went through you know some names honestly to be honest with you guys i don't know much about you know all these you know uh, coaches and coaches that could be available but I was looking at other coaches that got replaced or either got fired and stuff like that during this season and it was a few of a few of them so right now like for example I have on my list seven of them and I think it was eight but one of the one of the coaches got a like he got I think it was Montreal where Thierry Henry was there and he kind of like quit before the season started so they got a coach you know, before the season started, like right before it. So he's not on this list, but, you know, this is the list of seven teams that got rid of their coaches. And and I'm going to explain to you why, you know, Ty Ramos will possibly will not be, you know, uh, he personally, well, let me just say, personally, I'm a tab end guy. You know, I think he still deserves another year with a new management, you know, over him. Uh, you know, especially with, you know, having Pat Onstad, you know, basically confirmed by, by everybody except the Houston Animal yet. Uh, you know, I think, you know, with having a new GM and having new resources in Ted and Siegel and just having a new vision of where this club wants to go, I think Tab Ramos will do better. Uh, we all know that, you know, he went in into the Houston Dynamo with his hands kind of tied, you know, with Matt Jordan and Gabriel Brenner. You know, over him, but I think now, you know, this season, you know, Ted Siegel took over, and you know, it was already too late in the season to get players or you know make some moves. So basically, he had to do with you know had to do what you got to do with whatever you have, basically, you know. 
but I think with the, with this new season, you know, with more players, with more resources, with more ideas and pat on that, I think it would be a better year for Tab Ramos. Hopefully, you know. But then again, you know, he does make questionable decisions, which I completely understand why you know people would want him out. But for example, you know, in in Atlanta, uh, Gonzalo Pineda, uh, who was the Sanders' assistant coach, took over uh, where Heinze was and Gabriel Heinze. Which was a whole controversy there, you know, with him, you know, not playing his best player and, you know, not giving them water or whatever, you know, during practice or whatever. But, you know, ATL was one of the one of the teams that got our coach, a new coach. Toronto, um, also, you know, Javier Perez, who is the interim coach right now, he, w- he replaced Chris Armas. Um, Chicago got a Frank Coplas. And he replaced uh, Rafael Wiki, who was there for only two seasons. I've seen Cincinnati, uh, Tyrone Marshall right now is then. And he replaced Jamp, Jap Stam. And he was only there one season. And also, they got a new GM. So, uh, you know, that kind of, exp- you know, that explains why, you know, Jap Stam got, you know, sacked. And, you know, he, and he was only there one season. Dallas, uh, Marco Ferrucci, uh, he replaced Luigi Gonzalez after two and a half years there and two playoffs, uh, you know, in the last three years, basically. I think this is the only year that Luigi Gonzalez wasn't going to make it to the playoffs with Dallas. And he would, and their team were, were only a four, I don't know, four winless, winless streak. So, yeah, I mean, the Houston Animal went, what, 16 games without winning? And we didn't fire them, and we didn't fire Ty Ramos then, so I don't think they'll, we'll fire him now. But then again, with Pat Onstead, a lot of people are saying that, you know, he's going to try to bring, he'll probably bring his own guy, but honestly, I don't think he will. I think they're going to give him one more chance, and then, you know, kind of maybe if he doesn't good, you know, mid-season of next year, then they'll probably take, you know, get rid of him. Vancouver, hold on, Bob. Vancouver, uh, they have Vanny Sart- Sartini right now. Mm-hmm. And he replaced Marcos Dos Santos. Mark Dos Santos. And then RSL, uh, Pablo Mastroeni, who was actually uh, Tab Ramos' uh, assistant coach, got he replaced Freddy Juarez, who, you know, as soon as he got fired, he actually got hired by uh, the Seattle Sounders as an assistant coach. Um, so a lot of these people, like, for example, Vancouver, they were on a winless streak. Dallas, were, was it, they were on a winless streak. So it explains what they got fired, those coaches. And, you know, basically what I'm saying is if Tab Ramos didn't get fired uh, after the 16 winless streak, then he's probably not going to get fired after the season. Caleb, stop, Bob. It's okay. You don't have to, Bubba. It's okay. But, yeah, that's me fighting with my kid. And that's basically the reason why I don't think uh, Tab Ramos is going to get fired. Just because, you know, if he would have gotten fired, he probably wouldn't have fired then. But then again, also, his contract is ending, so why not let him finish? But then also, why let him finish when you can just fire him, you know, and get rid of him? I know you probably still have to pay his contract, but then, you know, might as well just... Basically, it would it would have been like a proof of of, like, you know... We don't want no bullshit, and you're going to get fired, and whoever comes in, and we're not going to take any bullshit, and, you know, that could, you know, that could have been Ted Siegel there, but then also, with Ted Siegel, you know, being a, a fresh new owner, and not really having a GM, and, 
and you know he could have fired you know Tab uh, Ramos first, but I think the people, I think the people were more fed up with Matt Jordan than Tab Ramos. I think Tab Ramos, in some like in the majority of people, I don't know if the majority, but a lot of the people, you know, they're they're okay with him maybe you know getting another chance, and I think well personally, I think we should give him another chance just because he's going to be under. I think with if we have Pat Onstead, you know that's gonna put more pressure on him, and he knows that maybe he's not gonna be able to play around anymore, and you can't, you, you know, you won't be able to go through another 16 weeks of not winning. You know, you're gonna get, you know, your head chopped chopped off. You know, so it's one of those things that you know it's it's up to the debate. I completely understand where all these tab out people are coming from, but then also you know some people, not everybody that are tab out, some people just make dumbass arguments and you know if you get offended it's because you have a dumbass argument but i do understand those people that have really good arguments about tab ramos and you know this coaching style and stuff like that you know i think those people have a, a reasonable you know uh make reasonable sense you know but some people just don't like tab ramos because they don't and i mean i like tab ramos you know as a person because he's not a bullshitter you know like he knows you know when he sucks and he knows when he's He's doing good, and I in and I know that we you know we playing it. I mean, every sport is about results basically, and I know he hasn't given us the results that we want. But uh, I think you know he's not bullshitting himself, and I don't think he's bullshitting the fans, you know, and saying you know whoa we're you know this and that, you know I think he's 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 being honest, and he knows his head is like you know, his head is there to be ready to be chopped off, but you know he's not gonna, you know. He knows, he knows that he's on the chopping block, but, you know, I think he can still kind of turn it around next season, so, I would give him another year, and, and even half a year of that, honestly, I would give him another half a year and just see what he can get, you know, and come the halfway point, if he's not doing that good, then yeah, chop, chop his eyes off, and, you know, thank you so much for being here, and, you know, on to the next one, and probably get a, a more experienced coach, uh, you know, a coach that has been in the MLS for you know, has been established, but then also you have to remember that, you know, Tab Ramos is his first, you know, coaching gig, you know, as an MLS, as a team, you know, he's only been in national teams where you only play like a couple of times a year, and if you do, if you do play more more than a couple of times a year, you play in like small tournaments, so you know, it's all fast-paced, and you always want your best guys on the field at all times because it's you know it's going to be a short tournament. On this one, you know you can have the luxury of turning players around, and you know maybe playing a second string here or there depending on who you play. Uh, you know, and you don't have to play your best eleven maybe at all times. You know, uh, you know just to like rest them and stuff like that. But you know you also have to build a team that is good enough that your second stringers can you know could be possibly your first stringers. You know you want a, a good team. That you're not able to see, you know, any differences between your first team and like your second team, you know, per se. And also, you we need to make smarter decisions on players. Like, I mean, you know, if Lasseter is not doing good, get rid of him. You know, I understand we give him a chance, and you know, uh, Bahamich, you know, if he's not doing so great, even with the U23s, let's just get rid of him. You know, let's use the U, the U23 and the U23s. The U23s as a stepping stone for the first team, not as a backup, uh, go get more minutes, you know, if you get, you know, like players that are, 
like Bahamid's a perfect example. You know, he got he got bought to go come and be a player in the first team, and you know be a difference maker in the first team. And right now he's only playing with the U23s because he doesn't get minutes on the first team. Like, you know, if you're going to get bought to play in the first team, I need you on the first team. I don't need you in the U23s. I want people in the U23s that are going to be eventually moving up, not coming down, if that makes sense. I think, you know, we're all in the same boat, right? But, you know, I think uh, saying saying all that, you know, I'm still going to give Tab, Tab Ramos another chance. and And it is what it is. So... Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, next episode, I'm thinking about doing a, a rank of like all the players and kind of ranking them. You know, uh, you know our best, or maybe our best or most valuable player to our, maybe our least valuable player. It's gonna be a hard one, but you know, at least I have like a whole week to do it. So you know, I didn't want to put too much in in this episode. So you know, we talked about a little bit coaching staff and we talked about a little bit about Austin. Also, shout out to Heineken. For uh, taking everybody to, uh, I think it was like 150 people or so, to uh, uh, Q2 Stadium. You know, they fed us, they gave us drinks. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a really fun experience. Shout out to everybody from, you know, from the Surge and everybody from El Batachon. You know, a very cool experience. Uh, you know, always bringing the party, you know, on the stands. And very cool people, you know, off the stands in the bus. So, you know, shout out to everybody there. Shout out to to you know everybody that you know said what's up and and yeah man thank you guys for listening and we'll see you and next week in another episode of cuatro cuatro see you guys later also let me know what you think let me know what you think in the comments <laughs> bye bye